Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Christmas special episode for series three of Recall the Midwife. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. (laughs) Uh, I'm Jen. And um, just a reminder that this week's episode deals with severe mental health, adoption, and a discussion of child abuse. So if those topics are ones you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. It's Christmas 1959 and Cynthia talks to Sister Julianne about taking her religious vows. When Trixie finds out, she struggles with Cynthia's decision. At the clinic, Chummy and Patsy are helping Denise and Avril. Both are young, unmarried, expectant mothers that are going to be staying at at Astor Lodge to deliver their babies, a mother and baby home. Astor Lodge is run by Sister Maltby, who drinks gin and is disinterested in actually caring for the expectant mothers. Avril takes matters into her own hands when Denise becomes un- unwell and the matron refuses to help. She calls Nanata's house and Patsy and Chummy step into the breach. While Chummy is away from home, Peter struggles with Freddie, who is unwell while also trying to study for his sergeant's exam. Meanwhile, Sheila comes to the aid of Victor McKenty in the market when he suffers an epileptic fit. He suffers a burn on his leg, so comes under the care of the district nurses. When Cynthia is dressing Victor's burn, she meets Nancy his partner, who believes that she is pregnant. Victor and Nancy met in a mental institution and Dr. Turner must break the news that Nancy can never conceive a child. I've left it on a bit of a cliffhanger there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can discuss, can't we? Yeah, exactly. Right, okay, what are we doing first? Can I just say I love a Christmas episode? Yeah, should we talk about the um, mother and baby home? Yes, yeah. although, wait, sh- sorry, I just said yes, and then I'm I'm going to divert us just a little bit. Should we just have a quick moment for the concept of the episode, which is Jenny 
in the 1950s has just said goodbye to Nanata's house with Peter, sorry, with Philip Worth. She's gone off or whatever. And then this Christmas episode that follows it right after, we begin with Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah. Like the old I should have book. mentioned this in the synopsis. No, but also not. the fact that her husband Phillips got shorter because he was a lot taller than Jenny, and suddenly <laughs> he's well, shorter. Listen, you know, also, I, I was loving it because it started with her writing a letter, a Christmas letter, like my mum did loads of Christmas letters and my grandma did loads of Christmas letters. I think they're, they're, they've gone in this day and age because of social media. We all know Aww. what we're all up to nowadays. Well, I have to say Christmas cards are massive in our house. My mom is a huge Christmas card person. Um, I haven't done them as much, but I... Yeah, but it I, wasn't just Christmas cards, was it? It was Christmas letters, you know, when they put the letter into the... into the. Wasn't she, no, but wasn't she just oh. writing a note in the card? Oh, right. Well, I'm... T- well, she was just okay. writing a long... I'm, I'm not... I don't approve of people who write letters. Do you approve? <laughs> you know, <laughs> not letters in general. You know when you get... If it's personalised, fair dues. But, you know, and apologies to any of our listeners who do this, people who send a, a long letter, which the, basically it's the same letter that goes to everybody. Oh, yeah. Letter, that's like, this is what our family did in 2022 or and whatever. And it basically yeah. just details their achievements. Do you know what? We used to get a letter every Christmas and we used to take the mick every year. I'm going to say the name of the family. They won't, they won't be listening. The Morries. And uh, the mum, oh, God, they were, it was insufferable. They were like, oh, <laughs> you know, they had four kids and they were all geniuses apart from one. And they were like, oh, they've gone to Cambridge just to be medicine. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, he's doing really well as an internship as president of the world. And then, like, the third one, they were like, oh, she's got lovely long blonde hair and it's beautiful and she's really good at dancing. Like, it was like... <laughs> Likes going to discos. I remember we just laughed at that load. Also, do you know do... photos of Jimmy? Yeah. Well, well, wait a minute. So, okay, two things. We're going to talk about it in a minute. But Jennifer Worth says at the beginning of her book that the nuns actually didn't stay in London um, after a certain point. They moved to Birmingham. And if you notice, yeah. Vanessa yeah, Redgrave is addressing him, but... her letter to Birmingham, which I think is, is, is a note, is interesting as well. Now, I I would this is this is an episode and a scene where I would love to talk to the to the people like behind the scenes in the show because a couple of times in the episode they pan across the mantle and there's photos in like vintage frames of you know like young Jenny young Trixie Cynthia you know all the people from the all the people from the show but there's a photo of a woman and two girls and I think my theory is that that is the real Jennifer Worth and her daughters when they were young Oh, Ooh. see, I thought it was supposed to be her and her two daughters. So, yeah, that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, but maybe it is the real... Yeah, 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 that would make sense. Yeah, but that, but I think I think we all are, all agree that that's the real Jennifer Worth and her two little girls when they're like... They look like they're maybe like, I don't know, eight and six, four and six, somewhere in that kind of ballpark or whatever like that. Because okay. she kind of but... looks like Jenny, but not exactly, you know what I mean? And it just, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's the real Jennifer Worth. <laughs> I just have to, while we're talking about the Christmas cards, my great aunt, um, my mum got a Christmas card from my great aunt once. And it just, because obviously I I like to write a message in a Christmas card, but this Christmas card just said, yep, still alive. (laughs) (laughs) We used to get one from my mum's auntie Claire that used to say, here's a fiver for the boys, because she had so many. Um, like my mum's from a massive Catholic family with like 42 cousins one side and uh, and obviously Liam and Alex like my brother's Liam I'm Alex like she, they, obviously she'd just be like oh Alex boy's name she'd be like for the boys and I should get dead annoyed at it but then <laughs> looking back now she had a billions of send bless her 
<laughs> that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just very cool because, you know, like we've all talked about, you know, Vanessa Redgrave on the show, but to, to see her in the episode, I just, I think we all really enjoyed that. And, and she's so great and she's so beautiful and like seeing her and Philip and everything. Anyways, it was really nice. So, but, but, but basically the show begins with the two of them in their, you know, kind of later years. And then it's kind of like, let's travel back in time. And then we go back to 1959. 1959. Yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I'm doing to the Prince song. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I should have probably mentioned this um, when we were talking about Victor McKenty because he's also selling Christmas trees. But I just love when Sister Monica Jane was buying the Christmas tree um, and she says she only wants a Christmas tree that has come from allied soil. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just love Sister Monica Jane in this episode. And also the oh. bit where sister evangelina's really cross with it because she's um arranged the nativity in conversational groups i've got that what's the what's the ass gonna say to the angel gabriel (laughs) (laughs) what have they got to talk about um okay well if we're just gonna have a quick moment about sister monica joan um i actually have a like i i have to give her a uh put her on blast or whatever for just being so incredibly insensitive and rude so uh sister monica joan they're all in the like the living room area or whatever and she starts reciting something and trixie goes oh sister monica joan is that yeats and she's like oh wow like look at you like yeah it is you know that and everything she's like oh well you know and then she goes um and i've thought about this word literally like a hundred times she's like well that is that's just quite um perspicacity of you and she's like you know when you started and basically what she says is she's like you know when you started dating dating Tom I really didn't think that you'd be able to like hold a conversation with him because he's so smart and you're really dumb but like actually look at this it's actually it's working out like well you've hold have you held your own I'm quite impressed and I just and Trixie gives this look and I just thought you oh like sister Monica Joan oh man I mean yeah, but it's, it's, it's never fails like to be like a huge jerk. Like it's with all right, no Jen, if that was twenty twenty three, she'd be cancelled. <laughs> it's fifty nine, so it just went fine. She's just so like, just oh my god. Anyway, so yeah, I like the I like the Allied Soil line as well. But I'm just like, you are so nice. Also, she was good with the croup. She was very good. She recognized. Yeah. She got him in a steamy steamy bathroom. Well, I mean, all, all of them could have done that. Sorry, like. I mean, no, but I will say, Bob's had uh, my daughter had croup, and it was the most terrifying, horrible thing because they oh, can't I breathe. Completely and it's agree. I completely agree. But if but if any one of the other ones had answered the door, they would have done the exact same thing. Sorry, I'm just not going to give her that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> They've all seen croup a hundred times. It's one of the most common baby problems. Come on now. You know that was the one one of the time. I ever run one 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 again. I don't think I have. That's the only time I've run one 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 for her was when she had croup, and she was literally fourteen months old, same as Freddie, and it was absolutely horrendous. Is is one 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 like emergency services? It is, but not as important as nine nine nine. So one one one's like a one you ring. That's when you're like, oh. I'm not gonna be, get an ambulance. I just want to speak to a doctor. Okay, I thought nine 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 was your emergency. So, oh no, it is. But one 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 is like if they'll give you advice on what you should do. But then half uh, the time they're like, mm, you should probably take the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was two in the morning. I'm like, I'm not taking twenty, and she's like. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you'll just be fine till the morning. <laughs> also, Tim d- being desperate for a fake Christmas tree. Yeah. When instead of a instead of a real tree, now roles are reversed. 
Like yeah. it's posh to have a real tree. Yeah. My husband's absolutely desperate have... for a real tree and I'm like, if you are gonna do the pin the get all the stuff up and hoover it all the time, you can get one. But this year we didn't even bother, we just got a, carried on with the fake tree. I did love the mm. fact that he got his silver tree though. Ah. Uh, and what do you do, Bex? Do you do a real tree, fake tree? Um, I've got a fake tree. Oh, uh, okay. See, I'm I'm a real tree or nothing. We always grew up with a real tree, so I just if we're well, gonna have a tree, did... it has to be a real one. I'm actually shocked you got a real tree back. So I thought you'd be a fake tree all the way around. I thought forgot. I'm shocked you've got a fake tree. I thought you'd have a real tree. Is what I meant. <laughs> and I grew up with a truly fake tree because we had this tiny tree which didn't look anything like a tree, and it was so small that we had to stand it on a tabletop. Oh, my mom tried to do the whole tabletop tree one year, and I was, I, I was like, I automatically vetoed. I was yeah, that's like, unacceptable. No. That is unacceptable. A tabletop tree to me is the most depressing thing on earth. I was like, no. We it always had a, fake, about a really fair. good fake tree. There's always a story about me when I was little. You know, in the 80s, they used to have chocolate. Um, they were much more prevalent than they are now. Little chocolate foil wrapped decorations that you put on the tree. Cadbury's what? You still get those. You do, but they're not as big as they are now. They were everywhere in the 80s. Just like all the tinsel decorations over here. You can't really get them as much now, Bex. If you find some, you send can. them in. I've been looking. We can't get around here. Oh, well, the big dance. This might be a hot spot for them. So anyway, <laughs> um, I, I we used to have stairs that had holes through, like you know, like just they were just wooden slats kind of thing. Yeah. And I yeah. was about eighteen months old, and um, the babysitter like lost me, and I was halfway up the stairs, like putting my head through, and I grabbed a massive branch, pulled it off the fake tree, and went down to with it to get the chocolate off it. Ingenuity. Anyway, kids, let's actually do somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> let's do an episode what um what are we doing first then so the mother should we start with the mother and baby home yes okay jen do you want to go somewhere else <laughs> well that just feel well what's what are our, uh, i mean no we can't i don't know why that one felt so like this, the biggest storyline there's, there's obviously cynthia that's yeah. one storyline um there's peter left at home with Freddie getting ready for his sergeant's exams mm-hmm. we've got Nancy and Victor do you want to just get Nancy and Victor out of the way yeah let's do them first because it's it's a really big important storyline but it's not maybe the main to me the 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 maternity home is kind of the bigger one but um because it kind of feeds into everything else like at Nanata's house you know what I mean like it affects Dr. Turner and Sheila it affects Peter and Chummy it affects anyway so can I just say one thing about Dr. Turner and Sheila this week you know, in the news recently, and news, like not news, on social media recently, it's been this whole Nepo baby thing. Oh, yeah, yeah for ages. Uh, yeah. The original baby, from, Nepo baby from 1959 was Angela Turner getting to the front of the queue for her uh, vaccination. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, no queuing for you. And if you were a mum, they'd be like, cheeky bugger. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, go on, Jem. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. So, well, what? I was- I'm just going to launch into it. Yeah. Oh, now I'm... now. (laughs) You guys, are we all tired? Are we, like, not really here today? (laughs) I had a two-hour nap today, and I'm not going to lie, I don't think think it's helped my... uh... (laughs) My verboseness. Okay, so here. So Victor and Nancy, right? It's because I couldn't read my own handwriting. I've I've got it now. (laughs) No, that's fine. So Victor... So Victor works at the Christmas tree, like, selling stock area. And he will help. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's just trying to get work on the market, isn't he? 
Yeah, and 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 we meet him when Sister Monica Joan and Fred go to buy a Christmas tree. Now Fred is like, "Oh, I'm here to get the tree," and Sister Monica Joan is like, "Well, me too." And Fred's like, "Well, I I'm here to make sure that we don't kind of go crazy or whatever." So anyway, so they meet Victor. Victor um gets uh, delivers the tree with Fred and Sister Monica Joan back to Nanata's house. Can I just say the massive <laughs> tree, the massive Absolutely, tree. Yeah, literally, like literally taller than the ceiling. Like Fred has to trim the top to even get it to stand up. Straight. Also, Trixie's lull when they when they do that as well is amazing. But carry on. Yeah. So as they're after they like put the tree down and everything, um, you know, Cynthia packs up some mince pies and and runs after Victor. And Did you know, by the way, that Victor was very nervous around them. I think he saw their uniforms and mm. saw. Do you like, know what? I was just going to ask this because he acts really strange. And I didn't know if it was because he was hungry and they had a really nice spread. No, I thought it was because he'd been in, a, in an institution where they'd basically given him a lobotomy. And um, he was a bit. Yeah, so I think the word? your theory makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I he's a bit untrusting of medical figures, I think. Well, yeah, I because when Cynthia runs after him, he's not keen to stop, is he? Sorry, no. Jen. <laughs> I'm not going to really add anything that special here, but I just, as someone who had not really remembered this episode and felt like I was kind of watching it in a way for the first time again that like I didn't have any I, I got the sense that he was uncomfortable but to me I didn't like it didn't strike any bells for me at the time that there was anything connected to his medical history like yes later in hindsight I could look back and say that but I kind of more thought that he was just you know a bit shy and kind of awkward or whatever when when he was in there and kind of didn't you know just thought oh I'm gonna just kind of get it and go but anyway so Cynthia gives him the mince pies and, and Alex Alex and Bex not just that insight is very valuable and I think it is meaningful yes we um, are yeah I just didn't, I just, I'm just a thicko in this way. And I just didn't have that insight is all yeah. I'm saying, really. Um, you know, when they had to, um, <laughs> at the top of the Christmas tree. Yeah. It reminded me. So my grandma and granddad lived in this little village in Surrey. And this village must have been twinned with somewhere in Norway or something. And they would be donated this like massive Christmas tree every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one year, my granddad and um my mum's uncle Tom got really drunk and they stole the top out of the village Christmas tree for their actual Christmas tree. Oh, uh, MG bet. Imagine if they like your they get arrested or something now, even if they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> this solves a year long mystery. Years long mystery. How did they steal the top of it? They just in the middle of the night they sawed the top, they got a ladder and sawed the top out of it. That is absolutely nuts. I it's also it a bit must... grinchy. It's a bit grinchy for the kids in that village. Like the top of the tree, especially a really, really big one, is the hardest to get. I mean, that like, and if you're gonna get a, tr- if you're gonna get the top, like theoretically, you're gonna get like they they cut off like six feet off the top, and didn't it just fall down? And like, I mean, oh my god, that is crazy. I know. Well, I think it must have made the local news. I'd love to find a newspaper article about it. Well, we'll yeah. we can we can look into that. We'll, we'll sort it out. Yeah, right now, who did Victor? Let's, hang on, let's get back on track. We've been well off track. Sorry, today. sorry, sorry. <laughs> So, who did Victor go home to? Do you recognise the woman who she's played before? She was in EastEnders. Yeah, do you re- hang on, Jen, do you remember? It was when you, we were at uni, I think. Oh, I I have most recently seen her on Grantchester as the wife oh, of the detective. No. So I don't, I, don't ha- I don't remember her from before. Go on, Bex, you can, you can do the big reveal. I can't remember her name. Didn't she kill oh. someone with an iron? He did. She killed Trevor. Little Mo. It was Little Mo. It's Little Mo. <gasps> oh my god, I do remember that storyline. I thought you did. <laughs> oh, so long. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Talk we about a memory. That. You need to get the gem. And I've even uh, watched EastEnders apart from that storyline. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, like, unlocked a memory that has literally, I mean, talk about Dusty. Jeez. My... It also shows you diversity of her acting skills there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's great. She's really great. Yeah, she was great. brilliant, actually. Yeah. I have well, to say, I... when, when Cynthia goes out and is treating Victor and then she sees the tin that says baby on it. Yeah. And then Cynthia's like, is somebody expecting a baby? That's quite a leap to take, isn't it? Really? Why is that a leap to take? To be Why? fair, though, they're quite simple folks. You'd be thinking, well, they're saving for a baby. Like, oh, I don't know. I was going to be neighbours. About... Wait, Al, I don't understand what you're saying. You don't, you think, you think there's, what? Well, I'm saying, like, I don't see how, like, they're not the brightest of sparks. She knows that, right? And uh -huh. I just don't think there's going to be, like, all this complicated accounting there. Like, I think if something says baby on the tin, they're saving for a baby. Like, I don't think it's too much of a leap of Cynthia to make. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I agree with that. I when, when when she says, oh, is someone expecting a baby? I was like, yeah, that would be, my, the, to me, the natural next question. Like, assuming that a baby is... Hang on, we forget. Becky doesn't ask questions. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Privacy is is of utmost importance to Bex at all times. Okay. <laughs> on this note, did you notice this is off this storyline? Did you notice when Trixie was trying to question Cynthia and Cynthia was like, "I don't want to talk about it." I was like, "Trixie, respect the fact that she doesn't want to talk about it." And do you know what? I actually agreed though with that. Um, you can't pick They're just friends, Bex. They're not. They're not married. Like if she was married, wait, that's wait, even wait. more questions because she could be on. <laughs> Are you are you guys talking about the part where Cynthia is upset and she's in the bedroom? Yeah, yeah. She says that. We'll okay. fast forward it. We'll talk about that in it later. Sorry. Okay. okay. So okay. It's just yeah. So we'll anyway, fight about it. We'll fight about it in about twenty minutes. Um. So we cut so to another bit where Victor, yeah, is selling trees again outside. Yeah. And he starts fitting, but luckily Sheila's there with Tim and Angela, shopping for trees, even though he doesn't want to go. But he does get to go to Woolworths afterwards, or hopefully he will. Um, to get some nice modern decorations. Yeah, I jumped ahead a bit because I've already talked about Cynthia being at the house. Yeah, but the, but the seizure prompts care, which then leads them to yeah. connecting with Dr. Turner, which then leads Cynthia to go as a district nurse to visit and care for his leg. But it also leads us to when... find out about their history as well. Right, well, because that's when, when Cynthia says, is someone expecting a baby? And then Nancy says, oh, you know, it, basically it's me. And then they're like, okay, well, why don't, like, since we're midwives as well, like, we need to get you checked out, like, figure out when your, you know, due date is, like, all these things is really yeah. important for the health of the baby. And she's very dubious, very, very, very yeah, skeptical like, about like it. Doctors do I, Victor? They are not kind. And I was like, oh! Oh, it's tragic, truly. Cynthia was so supportive and lovely. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I mean... I, doctors honestly have a very bad reputation on this show and like no wonder why because of how they historically treat people at this time period but so anyway so she's like no it'll be okay we'll, you know we'll be gentle and all those things like that so anyway jump to then they've done you know like a pregnancy test and some other testing and everything on nancy and dr turner and cynthia together are sitting with nancy and victor in his office and he said and and just crucial part that I forgot to mention when Cynthia is doing the physical exam on Nancy she sees a scar running up her um, tummy like from her like um, kind of groin area up to her like belly button and she says oh what's this for and she says oh well the doctors gave me an operation to like even out my cycles because they said that you know it'd be better for me that way and then she says oh really and then 
she says, yeah, well, it happened at the same time as the operation on my head. And then they said, oh, oh my goodness. And so she pulls her knit cap off and there's a scar across her forehead, like, like from left to right, basically. And so then that leads them to think like, oh my goodness, what happens? Well, they pull the medical records, they figure it out. Basically, Nancy had a tubal ligation when she was at the mental at the mental institution. So that was like forced sterility. And then she had a lobotomy at the same time. Again, you know, without the the way they discuss it makes, it sounds like it was, you know, without explanation or consent at the time. And so they say to Nancy, well, what happened? You know, like, like they said, well, and Nancy basically says that, you know, before I had the operations, I always wanted to dance. I was very like, you know, like physically active and everything. And then after that, it was like the music went out of my head. I just didn't want to move around anymore. And I became very, you know, like still. And when they tell her that she isn't going to have the baby, She's like, have I imagined it all? Have I been ill in my head again? Oh, yeah. So, did she actually have a phantom pregnancy or was she just bloated and thought she was pregnant? Well, I think she'd gone through menopause. So, her periods had changed and stopped. She probably was having a lot of like symptoms that she was attributing incorrectly to a pregnancy. And then maybe she had some weight gain. I don't know. Um, And so, I didn't. She wasn't having a proper phantom pregnancy. She was just. confusing other symptoms yeah I mean, maybe but then she ran up. out she ran out of the office the yeah. doctor's office and then he was like nancy i love you and then they had this really dramatic music that just made me burst into tears and i've written a note here that's basically like i wish more music came i wish music came on in moments in my life to make them more <laughs> dramatic because you know sometimes there's like a really dramatic yeah. moment that you think is dramatic but there's nothing like sometimes you think am i overreacting or is it actually dramatic or is it this yeah I just wish we did actually have I'm hoping in the future someone listening to this and they're thinking do you know what that'd be good they're good I can make I can make music happen in people's lives I I also love a montage so it's a shame you can't have a montage of your life I I want a montage you can't eat funeral Bex I'll do it (laughs) thanks (laughs) I want a montage of me making dinner so that I don't have to spend a full like 30 to 45 minutes slaving over a hot stove that I could just like show me like pulling things out of the cupboard stirring like one thing and then like just automatically pulling something out of the oven and then it'd be like bloop here we go and that like it's called batch cooking (laughs) um so anyway they're out they're on the floor with this dramatic music and he's like I love you Nancy and he's like you give me what you can and I give you what I can my blessing is that you let me and ask for no more and we're both made whole by it and then I just cried yeah. They are yeah. they're they're a lovely couple. I'm so yeah. glad they found each other. Me really too. sweet, really sweet. Um, you know who they kind of remind me of is um Tosh and Bex. Oh Lord. <laughs> no. Um <laughs> I-, I can't remember their names now, but um the couple from season one that were from the workhouse that he was sick the with brother and sister. the incest case. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, not the incest part, but the part that, like, these two people had a really, really, really painful past, but that, like, they, like, were, you know, really, found really... solace in each other. Yeah, they were really loving and really supportive and really the understanding brother and sister each other. Who, and, like, yeah, and, that. like, two yeah. two people who, like, really, like, would be so we're impossible related for and anyone that, else yeah. to... Anyways. They've <laughs> gone too far. There, love is love, okay, and that is what I am recognizing as a similarity between these. No, I'm two sorry, we're not no, having this, no. this podcast supporting incest, Jen. No, I've never supported it. I've just said love is love, like, just defended it with love is love. I'm saying the love part is the the part that reminded me of it, not the other stuff. I'm brotherly and sisterly love, 
Yes. Oh, Lord, I never should have Romantic said Romantic love, no. Okay, thank you. Next. All right. So what other storyline do we want to go to? Should we just do <laughs> Cynthia then? Because this kind of leads into her thing. Because when Victor says that to Nancy, then that gives Cynthia like a huge revelatory, you know, kind of moment about her future. But before that, she we learn that when she goes into Sister Julian that she's contemplating entering the um, the convent. Well, what would, I've, I've got a question here. What would you do or say if your child wanted to be a nun? Do you think you'd be happy, disappointed, sad, like supportive? What do you think? How do you think you would react? <clears throat> the thing is, it, you don't know how her parents react, do you? I can understand with Trixie. I think they're supportive because they're there in Compline, aren't they, at the end of the other nuns, with all the other nuns who are just the... the... Who? Trixie and Patsy. No, no, her, her parents. Her parents. Come, when come when she goes, when she's wearing the outfit of the novitiate, and she's about to, she goes in for the service, and it's right before she leaves to go to the mother house with all the other perspective. I think if I had more than one child, I'd be fully supportive. If I only had one child, I'd be like, oh, I would really like some grandchildren. See, I've obviously only got one, and I obviously she's five, so it's very different. But I think I'd be absolutely fine with it. But like you've got to hope that you'd want them to just be happy. And obviously she looked so happy, didn't she? Yeah. If, it's what, if it's, if it's what my child... <laughs> <laughs> I just think if it's what, if it's what your child really, really wants, then yeah, like 100% would be happy about it. This yeah. is actually something I've thought other times because when, when sister Monica Joan talks about the fact that her family was so angry that she joined the sisterhood, yeah. And even when Sister Evangelina's brother is like, I really do not get yeah, like, how you're I think, that, I think that's why it came to me, because I've been thinking it myself for the last few episodes. Yeah, I mean... It but just, with, I, with, with Cynthia as well, like, she doesn't have to give up. I know she's given up certain aspects of her life, but she can still carry on, carry on being a midwife. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that I would struggle with, and this is, is not the case with this order, is I wouldn't want to... Um, I wouldn't, I would, I would really struggle if my child chose something that would like really take me away from them or really separate me from them. And if it yeah. was, you know, like that would be the like thing. Like a vow of would... silence for life. Yeah. Or like, or like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to, like, I'm going to live like in something and I'm never going to get to see you again or something like that. Like if, as long as like we could still, you know, like, you know, be a family and like see each other and talk and be in communication and all that kind of stuff, then, then that wouldn't bother me. Yep. right anyway um so right awkward conversation with cynthia and trixie so they're all coming back in a lovely snow and it was so lovely and there mm-hmm. was cynthia trixie patsy, patsy and tom Harrowood, right and it's all lovely gorgeous like and it's a christmas episode and the snow's there and it's oh it's mm. lovely and they're all having, they, are they having chips yeah like, yeah they just talked oh. about seeing a choral concert like the christmas music and how nice it was and... so they were talking about the nun's life and how like trixie was basically saying oh i don't and and, and patsy basically yeah. saying oh god you know we can't i can't believe they've got to do that it's their life and 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 like you know they've actually chosen to this and cynthia's like well maybe it was for a reason maybe they, they you know they wanted to it wasn't grief doesn't come into it Mm. and they're like what are you talking about like you know like looking really confused and she's like I feel as though I'm on the edge of a great happiness and I thought that was so lovely and she looks so happy and yeah. then Trixie's all angry being like did you know about this to Tom 
And then I love this bit because Tom's face is like he's just beaming <laughs> because he's like Cynthia has found her calling, <laughs> and Trixie's just outraged, which is exactly what I would be. But Wait, like, you'd be the Tom, or you'd be the, or you'd be the Trixie. I'd be Trixie. <laughs> Be like, why has nobody told me about this? Hang on, no, that's question bits. <laughs> we don't discuss private personal matters in these if relationships. I think I would be the, I would be the patsy here. Like I'd be, be like, patsy. oh sugar, like I'd be like, oh hang on, like trying to sort it. And then do you know what we did annoy me? The boyfriend comment when she was like, if she just had a good boyfriend, and and oh. like she's like, whoa, 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 mate, because obviously she's like, yeah, and I'd be patsy here because I'd be like. Having a boyfriend is completely irrelevant. Exactly. Like, life choices should never be determined on what your previous, present, you know, whatever, potential future relationship status could be. Ever, ever, ever. And then Cynthia, Mm. and then Patsy says a really good line here, because they were talking, she was talking with uh, Trixie, was saying, she just just found a good boyfriend, you know, she'd be all sorted out. And then she's like, the trouble is, it's our hope versus her faith, and I'm not sure that's a fair fight, Um, which I thought was a really good line. Um, and mm-hmm. Cynthia doesn't get... want to talk to her there, which I agree with Bex. I think Cynthia is right not to want to talk to her there because it's, you yeah. know, she doesn't owe. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For an explanation, she's just a friend. She's not. But I can understand why Trixie's is struggling with this because it is going to take take her away it's like when when Sheila was Sheila's basically done the opposite yeah the reverse yeah and when Sheila would kind of Sheila would see the the girls like getting ready and like she'd want to be part of that and like the girl chat and all of that business mm-hmm. it although they're still doing the same thing it's very separate and I think Trixie she is losing a part of it with Cynthia yeah, but at the same time, that's still a friend. Like, you've got to be happy for them. Yeah, I understand that. But I think she's allowed to be... She, I think she's allowed to feel how she's feeling. Oh, I think because she does answer. come around at the end. She does come around at the end yeah. when she's like, this is your true calling. I, it just She just needs to work it out and get to that, that point. Well, also, Cynthia was going on to Julia and Sister Julia. There was a lovely scene about Cynthia and Julia, Sister Julia talking about the longing. She was like, when does it... You know, when does it end? What that? And she was like, "What the confusion?" She's like, "No, the longing." And she's like, "Ah, you're ready, my child. Like, <laughs> you're you're ready to do it." But then, yeah. Well, can I just say? Can I just say? Because I want to talk about that scene between Cynthia and Sister Julianne as well, because I think it's so beautiful. But I'm just gonna kind of be with Bex here on this one, and I'm gonna make an analogy, which is purely my own. But if you guys can agree or disagree, whatever you want, I think that this 
like just like sister julian struggled when when um when sheila left the the convent and then just like trixie's struggling with cynthia there is a foundational or like a like this is a massive change in identity like like there is something you are not going to be anymore in favor of being this new person like you're still there you're still yourself like you know like cynthia cynthia and trixie will still be friends they can still be in touch but like cynthia will be kind of a different person there'll be a separation and i to me the analogy that i would make to it is like when when a really like close person in your life gets married or has a baby or something like that i've found that in friendships relationships myself where like they're still your friend you're still really really close but like they are different they have different priorities they have like a different life that they're kind of going off to and like no matter how much you love them and like they love you and like you still will be so so close like it is a really really big change and like you're never going to be the way that you were before that big change took place like you just have to let go of like that previous like way that you were like that previous relationship and then like forge a new way forward and like while I don't think Trixie like it would have been nice if she'd been more supportive from the word go to Cynthia's thing it also didn't surprise me that she kind of struggled with it and was like really afraid of losing like someone she's been Cynthia so was struggling to. I just think she was a bit unreasonably and a bit angry with Cynthia and I was a bit like whoa 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 calm it like she didn't know you were bloody thing but then the other thing processing is it. Well, yeah and also Cynthia hasn't, Cynthia hasn't taken her to one side and been like look Trixie I need to talk to you there's something that's really I've been thinking like she's not given her the She's not told her about it one to one, and I think that's yeah, what she doesn't know yet either. Like herself, like if she, I think she but it's once come she decided, a, it's come as a bolt out of a, the blue for Trixie. So I can understand yeah, again, why that's her. Yeah, but again, I just still don't think it's that. Like I think she could have handled it a lot better than she has. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I think it's understandable how she handled it. I I just think you can't always expect people to have like the per- most perfect reaction that like would be the ideal one, like from the True. second like you learn something about True. I mean, like, not everyone's like me and I was perfect uh, <laughs> also well. Trixie has expressed exactly how she's feeling about yeah. the situation because yeah. it's a tv show and she needs to act it out like you might have those thoughts internally do you yeah. know what I mean and then get yeah. to the same place yeah, maybe you just like bit your tongue and didn't say anything in those moments, but you know what I mean? But like, yeah. you know, Trixie you just was still kind thinking of... the same thing. I think thing. I'm just a bit annoyed with Trixie recently. These last few episodes, she's just annoyed me. Um I, I'm I'm on her side. I gotta be honest. I've I've I just I I I just I just feel like I get where I, don't I get know, where I, she's I, coming from here. You basically got yeah. anger problems like Trixie. Anyway, so <laughs> the So shall we just fast forward to the bit at the very end with with uh, Cynthia, just to finish off the Cynthia storyline? Okay. Yeah. So I've put here, can I just say, in my defense, I've put Trixie came through in the end. She did. Yeah. Um, big and way, then pulled it time. back to crap again by saying they may change your name, etc. Getting upset about that. But you won't change. But and then she was like, they may change your name and getting a bit upset again. And she was like, but you won't change. And I was thinking, yeah, you won't change. You'll still be an annoying whiny cow. So then um <laughs> but she can't believe how hard you're being on her. You know, she it's oh, it's fine. So anyway, she came out in a postulant um, uniform. Is it a uniform? Yeah. Call it a uniform? Outfit? Uh, outfit? Outfit? Postulant, yeah, robes. Anyway, she came out in a postulant stuff and she looked amazing and so happy and gl- and glowing. And Trixie did pull it back by being like, I was going to ask you if you were ready, but I can see you are. And then yeah. they went into Compline with the extra nuns who just come in whenever they want and don't help. 
Um, mm-hmm. And her mum and dad were there, and that was so sweet. Seeing her mum and dad, they looked so proud and happy, and it was just so lovely. Yeah, yeah. Also, can I just say as well, Cynthia went to t- speak to her parents um, about the decision because she wanted to tell them face-to-face because then we yeah. the Trixie. Um, and um, she went in the snow, right? She The snow didn't stop Cynthia, but it did stop, stop Chummy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well, we don't know where she was travelling to. Oh, no, but still. Also, I, also, I think Cynthia left earlier. I will say this, just because I did want to touch on it really quickly. The conversation between Sister Julianne and Cynthia about, you know, like they were in the chapel and Cynthia was like, you know, I'm, I've really been feeling like anxious about this decision. I don't really know. Like, and then she says, you know, like, what do I have to offer? What do I have to give? Like, how could, how could he have chosen me for this? Like, that just feels like, who am I to even be selected for this kind of, you know, great purpose? Obviously, she's referencing, you know, got yeah. there um <clears throat> and to me it was like it was just it's not something we really chat, chat about so much on the show but like to me it was just a very very beautiful conversation about faith and about someone who's you know really been doing a lot of soul searching about you know like a faith journey and you know kind of reconciling themselves but also feeling excited about it but feeling nervous and everything and I just I just thought it was so beautiful because I think especially for people like us who live in the um you know like just I mean we're we're not we're not in the religious life that I I don't know I don't know kind of where the 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 writing of that scene you know came from but to me that just felt so loving and respectful and like honoring that um that kind of life experience and I, I just really, really liked it. I, I, you know, I think very often, you know, the depictions of people with faith are, you know, they can be a little bit tough at times. Um, and to me, that was just such a, a, it was so positive. And I just thought for anybody who might be considering that or who's already made that choice or even just, you know, who has a faith life and whatever, that just felt very affirming to me as like a positive well, depiction of a faith Yeah, and it's also quite a tacit so... thing in this show. It's always in the background their faith, but they don't, it's not really the forefront of the conversation. So it's quite nice to have it as a forefront sometimes because yeah. they are all about faith. Yeah. They're nuns, for God's yeah. sake. But they like never yeah. hit you over the head with like the, the you know, the religious stuff. But yet yeah, at the same exactly. time, like they live their faith every single day. And that is the ultimate example of a faithful life. So I just, I so love that. That was amazing. And um, we've not even spoken about the mother and baby home yet, which I've been desperate to talk about since the start of this. <laughs> All right, take it away, Bex. <laughs> oh no, I've got nothing to say. Um, yes. <laughs> so Denise, so Denise and Avril are going off to the baby home. Denise and Avril are two very different. I feel like they come from two very different places. Avril is very worldly, or seems very worldly. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a mink hat. She has a um, dance set, which I had to look up. Do you, look, do you know what a dance set is? <laughs> no, it's like is it I've like got to suitcase? carry all my cases and I've got a dance set. And I, was like, not, what, is it like... I thought it was a suitcase. No, it's a, it's a, it's a record player in a suitcase. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. Avril is the most chic woman. She's, yeah. she's like, she's like 19, but she is badass. already like 35 she's and like so chic. Badass. She's one of the oh best. Oh my God. I loved Avril. I loved Avril. I'd have said she was in her in her twenties. I didn't realize she was only nineteen. Oh, maybe she is in her twenties. No, 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 I no just, she's I, young. No, she is young because it's a young I, mother and baby unit, isn't it? Yeah, I just thought I just thought her and Denise were meant to be kind of similar in age because of their situations and everything. And then Denise is there with her mum. Her mum's dropping her off. Mm. Her mum's really judgmental about Avril. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can expect that to be fair. 
But they so they meet at the uh, clinic and they are about to get onto the bus with Patsy to go to this mother and baby home. I love and how they, get... they slip out the side door because of yeah, the shame. Well, of course you do. Of course you have to because of the shame, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then Patsy is like with them on the bus and stuff and, and Avril's just giving it some about like where she works and all these lies. Trying to basically the ab- typical, you know, bring it bringing herself up to try and make it because she's so insecure. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So anyway, they get to the the maternity home thing, and that horrible cow was not even listening to Patsy at all. She was like, "Oh yeah," with all the notes and stuff. She was getting, like handing them over as like an actual patient. She was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's all the notes." While she was just there drinking, um, <laughs> but she was drinking hot milk and gin. That just oh, that is crazy. disgusting. That, that is, is disgusting. You know what's horrible about this? I thought that sounded quite good. <laughs> oh, well, when we did the um the taste test for um Horlicks, maybe we'll do a hot milk and gin. <laughs> oh, let's this do it. A recap. You can tell oh, us how nice God. it is. Oh, oh but also when so when Patsy went and then literally a, ba- a woman was like, a girl was going into labour, and they were like, "Get the wedding rings," and I just thought, "Oh my gosh!" Like I know it's 1959, but that just seems insane that they had to take a wedding ring to hospital. It just seems so. Oh. Girls, 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 girls. So last night my mom and I were looking for something to watch. We ended up watching this documentary about this group that was running in Chicago in the like early 1970s called Jane. The name of the group was Jane because basically it was a euphemism for like, are you pregnant and need help? Call Jane. And like Jane was like this, you know, just a catch all for like these women that were doing this group. But basically they were helping women have abortions like right before America, um, like legalized abortions. And the thing that, that one of the women said, because they were kind of setting it up, they were talking about like what the world was like at that time, which my eyeballs fell out of my head. I was just like the way that, oh, the, oh, it was just, it was so shocking anyways, because anyway, whatever. But the point is, so this one girl, well, not girl, like woman now, like later in life, but she was talking about, oh, I went to college and there was the pill and there was other contraceptives you could get, but you couldn't get any of them if you weren't married. And so when I got to college, one thing they said to you was like, not they, like, not the college, like, other, like, women who are in your, like, dorm room or whatever, yeah. whatever, would say to you was, like, go down to Woolworths, buy a $5 wedding band, and then go to the doctor and say, oh, I'm Mrs. So-and-so, and I need the pill. And then that's how you got birth control. And she was, like, isn't that crazy? And I was, like, yes, that is crazy. But, like, I mean, just the insanity of the yeah, world ridiculous. that, like, women used to live in, like. It's like a mission for men. freaking believable. I mean, just. Yeah men could never i mean i just uh, anyway so yeah it, it didn't shock me at all when i saw that that they just, uh, on a completely different note with health wise by the way i was loving um the chain smoking of avril constantly in every scene <laughs> <laughs> oh wait and another thing about avril can i just say her her like end of term pregnancy fashions were absolutely amazing like that blue sweater with the big like super yeah, high waist like tartan yeah. skirt and everything when she like picked up the phone and everything i was like i want to wear that outfit now i was like Get me like a cropped blue sweater, like a high waisted, and like her hair, like in that cute bun. I mean, I'm a big bun head, as you can see, but like I, just, she just looked so great, like the whole. Listeners, time. you can't see, but she has got a bun in. I, so... I do have a very high bun. Yes, exactly. I loved when I loved when Avril rang the. Basically, Denise is. Well, yeah, I was about to say, let's, yeah. I was going to try and get us back on track because um, yeah, we've gone so off track, to, and it's partly my fault. Anyway, Denise is unwell. She's got a fever. Look she's like got hell. a rash. She's basically got chicken pox. Um, the matron, yeah, but they still didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. And then Nicholas's the mother, didn't care. Yeah, and then yeah. Nicholas went, and Nicholas's mother was like absolutely beside herself, and it was so, the nature was so uncaring, and she burst Nicholas into the best wanted a baby. 
and Abba was showing a real yeah and but she Abba was showing a real caring side and then she saw that Denise had about a rash everywhere now after she was starting to feel unwell and then I did Yvonne who was Nicholas's mother I did feel really sorry to Yvonne because okay. Yvonne actually says her and her boyfriend wanted to get married but they weren't allowed because they weren't 21 yeah. No, it's such a oh, shame. Oh, so tragic, so tragic. Oh, and the way that that baby was literally stolen from her. Yeah. While she was upstairs, like she getting baby clothes and everything. It's awful. But anyway, oh, so this all happens, and Avril's being really caring to everyone. And she notices this, and she's like, "Right, I'm not taking this." She was a badass. Yeah. And uh, and she was like, "You needn't think I can't smell that gin." <laughs> so she yeah. rings the artist's house, and she was like. I reckon you're going to find the regulations say all sorts of things like not drinking on the job, like keeping the place clean, like making sure people get the doctor sent for when they Ill, they're ill. And then she literally is like, operator, Nanata's house, poplar. That's <laughs> the way she said it. I love it. the way Poplar. she said poplar. Yeah. See, Alex, the- you, you would be an Avril. You have that type of personality. That's that's what you would, you would do that. Do you know, I would, I would. I'd, I'd I get yeah. to a point where I would. I'd get to a point where I'm like a bit, a bit walked over, but then I'm like, no, this is not happening. I loved when she rang them and um, Chummy answers the phone. She's like, are you the posh one with the ginger hair or the one with the glasses? And Chummy's <laughs> just like, the one with the glasses. But then I was like, have I got news for you? <laughs> I love it. So then, so oh, she... I love that Chummy's up. not the posh one, though. That's the hilarious part. Chummy is way more posh than Patsy. And yeah, but that, I think that's she meant they're her. both posh. Are you the posh one with the ginger hair or are you the posh one with the glasses kind of thing? Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, so then um, all action stations then and Dr. Turner goes out. Um, with and, Tim. Yeah, who's going along for the ride. Yeah. And Dr. Turner's like, Tim how dare we do this? Like he walks and in Tim, there and he's so insane. Did you notice Tim say he loves a bit of moral contagion? Yeah, well, well, Shummy's like, to the mother and baby home, Tim. And he's like, it's all right. I quite fancy a bit of moral contagion. Oh, God. Girls, you guys are talking about all the the quotes that I'm trying to use for the recap, and you're just burning through all of them. This is... (laughs) While we're on it, while we're on it, um, it's when he tells, when Dr. Turner tells him to... Uh, run the window, run the engine, and keep the windows up because I don't want pneumonia for Christmas. And he's like, it can't be any worse than polio because obviously that's what happened to him last Christmas. His one-liners were on point this this uh, this Christmas special. It really oh, was. Next week for the recap, all of my quotes are just going to be like Nanata's house, midwife speaking, and then I'm going to be like, who said it that time? <laughs> uh, but also, so they sent Patsy in the end to sort out the the maternity home. The best person to send her and sister Angelina would have been a oh, whirlwind. Oh, she bleached the whole thing in about two yeah. hours. Organized like... everything, got everyone sorted, but she said she couldn't have done it without Avril. And I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Avril ends up keeping her baby. Well, wait, well, yeah, wait, wait. Has, has it first, Bex? Let's, yeah, let's just jump. Okay, so d- really quick. So Chummy has also been caring for Avril and kind of like making a bond. So when she goes into labor, um, Avril goes upstairs. They're like, okay. Oh, she's like, okay, old bean, the baby's on the way or whatever. And then she's like, <laughs> she, get, she starts to go into labor and give birth. And she says, you know, it's okay for you to like make, no, you know, like you can, if you, you know, like when the pain comes, like you can scream, you can hold my hand, you know, you can do whatever you want. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do any of that. And basically Avril tells the story of how when she was really little, her mom was horribly physically abusive to her and her when she would cry like her mom was like don't cry like I don't want to hear that and at first she would not cry as a way of trying to make her mom like proud basically to show how strong she was to kind of get through it without you know sobbing or whatever but then she realized that her mom was never proud of her didn't love her was a horrible person and she said so then I just stopped crying because that was like that was, 
yeah. out of spite for her like because I just wanted to like show her and she's like and if I didn't cry then she'd get bored of it quicker and so she would stop being Ugh. faster so then I would just that's what I would do so she's like so now I like never show my pain and she's like and basically she's just like this world is a horrible place like I don't want this you know little girl to you know, or, or baby to have to deal with any of that and like you know she's just like we're, we're both on our own and that's what it is so anyway she gives birth well, can um, I just say one thing as well Chummy's like oh guides on her she was like, I was never in the bloody guns. Like, that was really annoying me too. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so she gives birth and Chummy's like, oh, do you want to hold her? You've done all this work. Well, also, like- so it was a really horrible birth. It was a compound presentation. So it was a really yes. horrible birth and like yes. painful and awful. And she was genuinely worried about the baby. And Chummy saw that she was worried yeah. about her. But Chummy uses that compound birth later because she comes to her after, you know, after the fact. And she says, you know, like, listen, like, this little girl, like, really needs you right now. Like, you know, she's your daughter or whatever. And she says, no, you know, we're both alone. Like, she's got to have to figure out this world now. That's, like, what this life is about. And she said she was she was born reaching out to you. Like, she needs you. Don't you want to, like, give her a hug? And, and I, just that line just was so, just so heartbreaking. And, and she does come around, but it's... Well, it's I, a- you know what? I've, and I know I'm going to be the contrarian today because it's already been two versus one. But... I feel like that was a bit cruel of Chummy because she knows the stigma. I agree with you here. Yeah, because I feel like she knows the stigma. They know they're going to be giving up the baby. Like, she wants to detach herself. I feel like Chummy's trying to get her to get an attachment and then, like, have a ripped away again because she thinks she's not going to keep the baby. I actually did That's think fair. that was a bit... I thought that was a bit much of Chummy. I thought if that was her decision, she was quite hard. She was quite good at hard fa- being a hard face, and she was very capable, and she could have probably done it. And I thought Chummy forcing it was a bit much for Avril because I thought that was actually quite cruel on Avril in the end. Obviously, I, in the end, I, it wasn't. Mm, but. Yeah, mm. but then it worked. It worked out that Avril was going to keep her, but equally, she may not have been able to. Yeah, it did work out. Like it was looking to me, it worked I out. Just, otherwise, I'd be really I angry. I just with felt, it. yeah, I can understand where she just wanted to have that detachment because at first she didn't think she was going to keep the baby, and it was just going to make it harder. Yeah. Hmm. I, well, I, I Denise, yeah, Denise's decision was so grown up. So a, a grandma, her mum, the baby's grandma, came to visit and held this baby who was so cute. And mm. uh, she was like, every Christmas I'll think of this baby. I thought, bloody hell, every Christmas. We'll think a bit more, mate. Um, <laughs> but she was so grown up with the decision. She was like, you know, you can keep it and all this. And she was like, well, oh, I like, the, and I like the fact that... Um, I like the fact that her mum was like, you can change your mind, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, but actually, she was really... She was... Yeah, I thought it was so grown up and amazing. She was like hell as well. She was like Hellraiser or something with all those bloody hogs all over. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. Can we talk about Chummy's dancing at the zoo as well? I loved it. <laughs> she was oh, yes. Yeah, so also, Chummy, it's, uh, this is, there's a massive snowstorm because obviously it's a Christmas episode, but Cynthia managed to get out of London on, but, uh, but Chummy didn't. And Chummy was like, these brogues have never been confounded yet. I just thought that line was amazing. Confounded oh, well, and, and really quick, though, Chummy's trying to get home because she wants to help Peter study for the sergeant's exam because he's failed it twice. And yes. he really wants to pass this time. And they even say, like, oh, if I can pass it, then maybe I can get a posting out of, like, the East End. Waltham Stowe. I know, which we have a friend who lives there. Yeah, we do. We do. And, and it was like, oh, maybe we can live somewhere like quote nice, you know, like let the kids like kind of get raised in a. Also, like, can we have a, a lols to Peter revising with donkey ears on because she's <laughs> doing it, ridiculous. But... She's doing ridiculous amounts of donkey ears. I didn't realize why, and then I saw like the the actual pantomime bit, like the Christmas concert. There's like thousands oh. of donkeys. Can I, I feel like... like this would be me, like constantly crafting, trying to make stuff for the kids. That will hundred percent be you. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and and you know the thing the thing that's so charming is they always have a little Christmas show in all of these Christmas episodes with the kids of the of the neighborhood, and every time the the they come up with the most adorable little like like costumes for these kids, and they all look completely like DIY by like parents, and they're they're obviously put together by a costume department or whatever. But like all the little angels with like the paper snowflakes yeah. that are like paper clipped to their little shirts, and like the little tinsel and everything, and their little like white skirts and stuff and then like all the donkeys with gray sweaters and stuff i mean it's just so flipping cute one thing, other time. thing about the concert was right at the very start fred was like trixie said costume right and he was like trixie and she was like what if that was my daughter stood there she'd be like what costume what do you mean costume who are you dressing up as what dressing like it honestly i'm with fred there like that was unreasonable to say in front of children because honestly you would not have been able to get anything out of her until like she just lit until you had an explanation i'd have to think of something really quick like like she did like he's joining the concert but yeah she should not have mentioned costume around the channel oh and also peter pass yes he huh? did Peter Pass's Sergeant. Yes, he did. And oh, I, I loved it when Sister Evangelina was. This podcast is just me going. Oh, I loved it when. This <laughs> um, I loved it when Sister Evangelina was getting um, Peter ready for his sergeant, and she was looking after Freddie. Yeah. yeah. I was sleeping, heaven and earth on that. Now get out. <laughs> Well, and you know, the thing is sometimes like you, like Sister Evangelina is kind of, she does it so many times over the series where she's kind of like just her like gruff, but like caring matter of factness is the right thing for the person in that moment. You know, like sometimes yeah. it's, just, it's it's better just to have someone be like, no, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. No one's worried about it. You're going to do great. Get out the door. And then that's kind of what you need to hear to be able to do something. And and I, I mean, who knows if that's why Peter passed, but I felt very strongly that she just gave him that kind of like, you know, bedrock confidence. Like, no, like, don't stop worrying about it. You can Yeah, do but she was right. also like, what's more important right now is family. You've dealt with that. You've got a family. That's what's actually important. Don't make yeah. such a big deal out of this. Get out the door, you nutter. And then she, he went out the door <laughs> and he passed. I was going to say a swear word. Uh, but no, I've got a note here about the episode as well. Like, it was all so clever. As per, as flaming per. That's why we love this show. It's so clever. All inter- interwoven, all beautifully written. Um, yep. The sheep, the sheep that went to Jenny... And she's looking yeah. for the old, actual Jenny in the olden de- in the new days. Redgrave, uh, Vanessa Redgrave, Jenny is looking for the sheep, and then she finds it from a husband who's shortened up by a foot. Um, and he's like, "You should get it down on paper." What? Write my memoir- memoirs? I will after Christmas. Loads of people say after Christmas all the time about stuff as well. And I just thought that was a beautiful <laughs> end to the show as well, though. And obviously yeah. a nod to the fact that it is about her memoirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it, was, it was a better send off for Jenny because I mean, well, I felt this personally that Jenny kind of abruptly was like, "Okay, I'm going, bye," and then she was just out the door. And I felt like that Vanessa Redgrave tie-in and everything really kind of gave her story more. Well, now it closure. makes sense. It makes sense because they knew it that was, was a coming lot more Christmas sense, episode. Yeah. Exactly. They were like, "Yeah, we can tie this up for Christmas episode beautifully." It would have been. It would have been better if it had been Jane and the Reverend Appleby Thornton. Well, maybe that's who the another card was going to next. We we need to we need to make a T-shirt that says "Justice for Jane." That would be another great piece of. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, also, you've just spoken about Jane. Different yeah, huh? documentary. You're oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can have so many meanings, just like every line in the show. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, well, right, uh, and Jane's neighbors. And I'm going to have to watch all these episodes all freaking over again because every time I watch them, you guys like tell all the quotes that I'm going to pull <laughs> because. <laughs> 
Yo, because we're okay. really good at researching. Hello. Right. Heroes wow. and zeros, ladies. Okay. You guys go first. I'll go last. Okay. I'll go first. Zero. Oh, you're going to say Trixie. No, I'm not. I'm going to say the matron in the home. Thank you very much. And even if I did say Aye. Trixie, I'm allowed. So do not judge. In fact, I'm going to change it to Trixie. Oh, you My lost zero. Trixie a couple of weeks back. You, that was your zero like two weeks ago. Don't give that me That was deserving then. Uh, no, my zero is the matron in the home, but I want to join it with Trixie now. You said that just to be annoying. Uh, but no, my, it was the matron. She was absolutely awful. And um, my hero is Avril because she was an absolute badass, despite also the fact that she would have been scared and she would have been terrified about being pregnant and having this baby. And it's not easy. Yet she was still really caring for everyone, helping everyone else. You know, yeah. She was an absolute badass. And I absolutely loved her and her set and her weird squash, it, squash hat, however she said it was. I love her. Such yeah very good my zero is going to be the care that nancy and victor received and just the fact that they all consent was taken away from them when they're in the mental institution um and just just the that whole experience for them and also the fact that victor needs like he can't afford a prescription so he can't afford to keep well because they can't afford a shilling for a prescription like yeah. it's just um so that's my zero and then my hero is uh, and he didn't do anything but just tim this week was on fire with his <laughs> <laughs> he really was <laughs> um okay my zero is going to be sister monica joan for saying that christy that she was surprised that trixie was smart enough to date tom um, I just thought that was so rude and horrible, and like her rudeness is just. Well, she did save the life of fourteen-month-old babe. And I don't she care. Was I, quite I don't care about it. literally anyone could have answered the door I'm joking, and the exact same thing. She just is so rude. Like, to, like this is so rude. Uh, anyways, okay, so she's my zero. Um, and my hero is going to be Cynthia because, I mean, Cynthia is so amazing. I just love her. We all love her, but the bravery and um you know just just her bravery for choosing you know the 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 choice that she the bravery for choosing the choice that she chose that she chose i mean oh my god jennifer you're so stupid i liked it um, <laughs> i liked it Jeff. <laughs> okay we're going to just start that over again cynthia's bravery for choosing to join the sisterhood um or making the choice to become a nun i just 100 percent i think was so stellar and you know if it's not it's not a choice for everyone clearly it's not a choice for a lot of people but when you start to realize that you know you need to follow a different path and you know that it's going to be a huge change and all of that kind of stuff you know and it's really going to fundamentally take you in a different direction it's not easy and she did it and i just i i just think she's wonderful and i and i love the way that they showed that whole journey in this episode and um so yeah she's my hero i can care that was good uh, right now i'd also like to just say thank you everyone for all the amazing comments on social media we've had so many again so mm -hmm. you know carry on commenting give us reviews good reviews please uh, <laughs> and, uh, I yeah, also just... love everybody telling us like where they like they um like they listen to us on their commute and like just knowing where they're listening. 
Yeah, it really makes me picture people like listening to it, like out on walks, like while you're driving, like when you're doing such and such, or like I always listen to it on a Monday morning or something like that. Like, it's so sweet to to hear everyone's um, wonderful. Yeah, we really we do read it all. We really appreciate it all. And we try and get back to everyone. So yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah, carry on. It's amazing. Um, and listen to us on YouTube and listen to us every week and subscribe to us. Um, And leave a rating and a reviewing if you can and all that good stuff. Um, but aside from that, thank you so much for listening today. This was this was going to be a tough lesson. I'm not going to lie. We just we go off in every direction. I know, poor listeners. We just we yeah. just were really talking a lot of crap at the beginning. Hopefully, especially... hopefully some of it will end up on the cutting room floor. Uh, no, I, to be honest, no, I can't bother this week. So you know, you, you're gonna have to listen to it all. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And, uh... and next week is our series three episode, series three recap. Oh, yes. they're my favourites because I don't have to do anything. Well done, Jen. And um, <laughs> Yeah, well, they're they're quickly becoming not my favorite because all the work I did do <laughs> trying to do it in advance is now done for because we've anyway. So yeah, well, that's okay. I'll do it. Can't help it. being comprehensive in our notes, Jennifer. <sighs> what can I all say? My quotes are just, all my quotes are just going to be like, "You did what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> come over here, please. Next in line. <laughs> Put it in the drawer, Sheila. Anyway, right." <laughs> Oh, you know what I should do is I should only have quotes of mature Jenny and then you guys have to tell me which episode they came from because that would be really hard. That very much would be. That would be. Yeah. Uh, Right, anyway, so look forward to that episode next week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll hope to see you then or see you watching it. I don't even know what I'm saying now. Right. (laughs) See see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.